Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we cover an artist, band, so on and so forth. This week we're talking about the band Idols. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared. This is Tyler here. And once again, this week we were talking about idols. And how did everybody feel about listening to idols this week? Tyler, please begin. Felt pretty good about it. I like idols, actually. Uh, of course, one of the reasons we're talking about them is their new album just came out mm-hmm. this past week. I picked it up this week. So I own two. I don't own Brutalism, but I own Joy as an Act of Resistance. I own the new one, Ultramano. And, um, uh, I like idols a lot. I started listening to them. I guess it was probably last year, or maybe I guess it must have been 2018. Actually, well, did you listen when, to them uh, before we covered Billy Idols on Good Band, yes. Bad Band? I listened to them when Joys and Activists of Resistance came out because you and I talked about that album when it came out. Because mm-hmm. you had asked me to see them in Columbus, and I couldn't, and that was just before that album release, if I remember correctly, or maybe it was right yes. around the time. Of, you are correct. And uh, so, what? Well, and I also remember because that was your favorite, your number one album of 2018. It was. And mine was uh, Wide Awake by Parquet Courts. That was a good album, too. Awesome. So, ah, 2018. I remember, like, time. I remember saying, I, I like um, this Idols album, Caleb, but I just don't know that it could beat out Parquet Courts. And you know what? It's grown. I mean, it's grown on me a lot more. I don't know if it could still beat out Parquet Courts because I do really love Wide Awake, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a great album. So, uh, I really like Idols. I like, I don't really care. Um, what Joe says, they're a punk band. Although on the new album, there's some changes, which we'll talk about. Yes. But uh, I know he doesn't want to uh, have the label for some reason, but uh, they are. So whatever. And I'm I'm fine with that. I, I mean, yeah, it's really hard for me to not see them as a punk band. They're obviously different from like modern punk in a lot of ways, but they are so similar to like the old school style of punk to me that like it's really hard for them to escape that reality, I guess. Right. And I also don't really feel like I would agree. I don't see them really as post punk. No, I don't. I definitely don't. Some of their EPs are kind of post punk. If you listen to any of the their early EP work, but definitely like yeah. from Brutalism on, all of their you know all of their major studio albums have not really been post punk. So. I would say Welcome is the closest thing to post punk that they have. The I would agree. EP. Yeah. And then as soon as you get to meet, it really starts to shift towards the sound we're familiar with when their full lengths come out. Right. Jared, how did you feel about Idols this week? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I started with the two EPs uh, before listening to the albums uh, that they made prior to the albums. And it was interesting, uh, the the shift in uh, musicianship. Mm-hmm. I like uh, was Joy as an Act of Brutalism. Is that what it's called? Joy as an Act of Resistance. And Resistance. Brutalism is the debut album. Oh, my God. That, look at that. I listened to a mashup. You did. Um, I like that album quite a bit um, when we covered it for the Good Bad Bad Band episode. Mm. And then I was eagerly awaiting the new album, which I listened to, I think, two of the singles and liked them. And then um, listened to the album, and I thought that was pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. So... Would you the Overall, two, the two singles it. were Grounds and Mr. Motivator that you yeah, listened to, correct? Those are the two that I listened to. The first single that came out was Mr. Motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh the music video was really good. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. It made me excited for the album. And then I saw the music video for uh Grounds, which was really good as well. It's a shorter song. Mm-hmm. Um 
And then I was like, well, I'm going to listen to this album, so I need to stop listening to the singles. And yeah. so I did. Because the other one was the the hymn, I think, came out as a single. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that maybe... What was the other one? What was the fourth? I think they had four singles. The fourth one was Model Village. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's correct. That's a good song, too. Um, I yeah. watched a YouTube review of somebody doing the album um, review. He gave it an 8 out of 10, just so you know. Spoil the review. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, boy. And um, he said the first song he heard from this album was Model Village, which is funny because I hadn't heard it until the album came out. Mm-hmm. So he listened to the single before I did. Um, yeah. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, Weak. I enjoy listening to Idols. I like uh, their, uh, I guess, um, post-punk preachiness. Yes. It's, their message. It's interesting. Um, I like... You know, there are certain songs, Danny, Nigel, uh, Danny Nadelko is a very good song, pro-immigration yep. song. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you don't really get much pro-immigration yeah. from anybody, so yeah. it was kind of an mm-hmm. odd thing to get from you know a punk band, especially uh, from where they are, because they're, they're from Bristol, is that correct? I believe so. Um, yeah, and, from, yeah, founded in Bristol, but the members are from different places. Yeah, so, you know, it, being from the UK, and there's obviously a lot of uh, controversy right now in the UK over, you know, immigration and what have you, the fact that they are pro-immigration is, it, it's it's odd, but it's, it's yeah, cool but it's from punk. my perspective. It is that's punk. What I, you know, that's why I find that, like, you know, they're, all of the messages... All of the lyrical stuff, it's all punk. It's very political and it's very uh, social critique esque, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that's punk, dude. It, it is. It yeah, has been for a, for a long time. It's super punk. So, and they're really, uh, I mean, like from the get go, they were, you know, making their music message related, you know, like sure. songs off of, you know, uh, brutalism are still doing that same thing. I think that they really, really emphasize it on joy is an act of resistance. And I think that they buck, you know, they, they double down on it on, uh, ultra mono in a lot of ways too. And yeah. so, um, they present it obviously very differently, but, um, the, you know, they're still yeah. kind of presenting similar messages. Um, but you know, what's cool to me about idols as well is that they, you know, if you look at a song like Mr. Motivator, they are not necessarily like a punk band who's going out there and like, you know, stating a message and then like not backing it up, I guess. They're very they're 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 a positive uh community of people. Mm-hmm. There's a whole like um like there's a whole community on like a Facebook group that they have. The AF gang. So the the AF gang is this fan base that is kind of dedicated to the group. And it's a very positive environment. Like they've made it very um, intentional that their online community is a positive place to be. And so, you know, they're not a group who I see as, you know, just spewing a message for the sake of spewing a message. Like I think that they back it up very well. And if you listen to interviews with, um, you know, Talbot and the, the rest of the members, like they're all very, very intelligent individuals. Well, they're, that's what, like I think it also kind of comes into that comes into like the history of the group a little bit. I think it's really interesting is like they were formed in 2009 and yet they didn't even have a debut album come out for eight. uh Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. You know, which is a lot of the time it took for them to like really nail down understanding music and like what their music was going to be and, um and really getting an idea together of what they were going to put out. And, I'm, and like, I seriously doubt that, the message and the way that they wanted to portray it and the themes that they wanted to 
um, to use and the way they wanted to tell those stories wasn't part of that as well. So it's kind of like a band that's like come together and allowed themselves to mature as a group before they even like created something to put out there. Yeah. Plus they're like, you know, Joe's like 36, I think something like that. He was born in 1984. So he's not, you know, he's been around for a while. So right at this point, he's like, you know, he, he's like almost 10 years older than us. Yeah. You know, so he's like the intelligence is, um, also, I think uh, comes from a lot of experience. Sure, I agree you with know, that. It's, it's weird to see people in like their mid thirties being the people who are like in these bands that are like a big deal that are really making statements. But I also think that's really cool at the same time. Yeah, I would agree. Have you guys seen that? There's a a, a little bit of beef in two different fronts for idols and some of the other um, you know punk acts today. Tyler, have you seen any of that? I have not. So the first one is relevant to um, the message-related kind of stuff. So there is a guy, uh, his name was Bob Vilan, I believe is the pronunciation of his last name, and he had suggested that the group should be doing more for the Black Lives Matter movement, kind of like saying, like, hey, you're doing all of this stuff for, you know, your message, so why is this a message that you're not kind of, um, you know, putting some kind of work into, which is also interesting because they had made a shirt kind of quietly idols did they put it on their store it says uh no one is an island which you know is obviously relevant to um the immigration style thing and they donated a ton of money to black lives matter via the shirt that they sold so it's odd to see like like people kind of calling them out and saying like you could be doing more and then they are doing more like they you know they they continue to back up the things that they um they say that they're going to do in the same vein of like um, some people can criticize them for not um, bringing in more female artists um, into the fold as to say, like with their live performances, why don't they have more bands who, you know, are fronted by females when they have such a pro woman, you know, anti-toxic masculinity message. And, you know, Talbot even himself said like he was very upfront and was like, you know, I could see that as being a weakness and it's something that we are trying to address. One of the issues is that a lot of, you know, the bands that are in this, you know, lane of music don't really have a lot of female members associated with them. So we kind of, you know, like we, we have to go with what's in our lane to a certain degree. But like, it's cool that they are willing to kind of recognize their own faults and not necessarily take them as like a shot against them. Like, well, look at all this cool stuff I'm doing. They're like, no, we get it. We could we could do more. Sure. I I think it's kind of difficult to like they're from the UK Mm -hmm. and so how like it's difficult to accuse them of not doing more for like Black Lives Matter, for instance, which Mm -hmm. is an issue that's going on more prominently in the US. Now, obviously, all countries have their own issues with racism and stuff. Sure. But like other countries are marching in protest for the things that are happening in this country right so what can he what can he do from the outside looking in to benefit something that we should like this country should do more from the inside like why aren't you criticizing um post-punk bands from the u.s for not doing more right like he he doesn't have any additional responsibility in a thing that he's not really involved in like he's not a citizen of the u.s as far as i know no and so why should he donate money to a cause that like this country, the people of this country should care more about. Yeah. If they, you know, if they believe that it's also a lot to expect 
for a group to just take on the weight of the world on their shoulders and just be like, why aren't you doing everything for every message possible? Yeah. Like, well, sure. yeah, that's not your place. I mean, like they're trying, yeah. they're trying their damnedest out here to well, also, I mean, uh, grounds is about the black lives matter movement. Yes, it is. So, you know, I mean, they have a song on this, I guess, you know, and whether that's in response or whether it was already something they were focusing on and decide they wanted to do, I mean, mm-hmm. You know, give people time. Like, you only have so much time to address certain things. I can't address everything all at once, you know? Yeah. So, like, give me time to do what needs to be done. That's a great song. And I think that's, I think that's my favorite song on that album. Is it? And uh, yeah, it is. And it's up there. And I don't know if it's my favorite or not. I haven't decided, but it's pretty close to my favorite all in all of theirs as well. It's definitely a good song. I mean, yeah, it's totally about that, what's going on here. And it's not like here's, I mean, what's going on here makes ripples around the world, too. Sure. Way. So, like, there are lots of people who uh, don't don't have any opinions on it. And, a lot of, and another thing is, like, in this country, um, most people see people who are, like, artists, uh, actors, musicians. And, uh, like, we, like, music has a long time been a way to try to push change in this country. But... A lot of people like want those people to shut up and don't want to hear their opinions around here. So yeah. it's nice that some there's like some backing from some artists elsewhere saying like, well, you know, we're here to back up you all as well with this stuff. So even though they're telling you to shut up, you know, you got lots of people to deal with kind of thing. Yeah. The other one, uh, I don't know if you guys, I know that um, I might have mentioned this to Tyler at one point. Have you guys ever listened to Sleaford Mods? No. Tyler, I'm familiar. No, I'm familiar with this beef, by the way. Oh, are you familiar with the beef? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. What is it? So Jason Williamson, uh, the lead singer of Sleaford Mods, has kind of criticized the band Idols for appropriating the working class voice. So as to say, oh God, I know, I know. What a dumb. I hate all of that. It's pretty ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Can like, we, why do we have to get on these soapboxes all the time? It's great. I mean, okay, so that was. I mean. <sighs> When you're this popular and you're kind of this vocal about things, I guess you can expect a little bit of pushback, but it seems ridiculous that like they are doing so much and a band feels like they have to criticize them for something like that. It's interesting. Like, um, I, I understand what you're saying with them calling them like so big. Um, it's interesting though, because like they are really big in the UK. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I've seen live performances from, Oh shoot! Uh, what's the freaking festival in the UK that everybody loves? Dang it! Glastonbury. Yes. Yeah. Where they perform there, and mm. like the entire crowd, like thousands upon thousands of people, were singing and like crowd surfing, and like it was like they were so big. Yeah. But here, uh, not so much. When you saw them, um, they, it was a small, was a smaller, small venue, small venue, smaller club where you only had maybe a thousand people or something like that, a couple sure. thousand. Um, but. They have like really good reviews on their albums here. Um, the Melon gave it like a ten out of ten. I think even a nine. Oh boy! Um, and like they're they're getting really good reviews here. And so it's interesting. Like they are really big in the in the UK, sure. but they're really acclaimed here. Yeah, they're spreading out. Is what I would how I would see it. Is but that- I don't think they're gonna be like. It's difficult because. Not, I don't want to say rock is dead, but it's not sure. like selling out arenas right now, and so they can only hit they they're gonna hit this ceiling in the U.S. They can only be so big here. Unfortunately, yeah. it's nonsense and stupid, but because they're a very good band and they make really good music, but 
the best selling artist is six nine. You know, so it's like, what do you? Yeah. The problem is that bad music is really well liked, and people that have made bad music for a long time continue to be really like. Justin Bieber this last week put out a really like dumb song with yeah. Chance the Rapper and it's mm-hmm. still like super streamed and everybody loves it because he's Justin Bieber. Right. But it's like, how long can you be bad at something before people stop caring about you and then start liking things that are actually good? Well, I think that there's kind of a bit of a more of a cycle these days in terms of like popular um, US music where I don't really see that there are artists that stick around for an exceptional amount of time anymore. You know, like six nine has only been around for a couple of years, and he's gonna fade out immediately. And you know, Justin Bieber, you know, he's only kind of recently gained some of his prominence back. He really dropped off the face of the planet for a couple of years, from my perspective. Yeah, he, had, he had that comeback album last year. Yeah, that's kind of brought that people thought was really good because he's talking about him now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> it's a, it's a bait and switch show that they do, and they come back, and then people pay attention for a little longer. I mean, you're just vying for people's attention moment to moment is right. really what it is. I mean, most of these people don't really appreciate music as like some long-term thing. You just listen to a song that's popular while it's popular. And when it's not anymore, you don't listen to it anymore. Right. It's, it's nothing, know? nothing is like, and nothing within the, the U.S. spectrum of music in that realm specifically is really doing a whole lot in terms of like long-standing you know, um, acclaim or anything like that. But like, I can go back on any of the idols albums and enjoy them at this point in time. Yeah. You know, like I, I will return to that music. No problem, but I'm not going to return to six, nine music ever. No, it's not no. going to happen. Well, you know, well, the people who also enjoy, like, that's the other thing to realize, like the people who enjoy music, like idols and who enjoy stuff like, you know, like, I mean, people like us who enjoy things that are not necessarily in the pop world, are people who enjoy replay value of this stuff and mm. who find something in the songs that are that's meaningful and uh, that makes them want to go back over and over. I mean, that's why there are people who have, that's why there are artists who are critically acclaimed, who have remained still popular and listened to over time, even though they're like, like for, like, I, I don't know why this comes to mind, but pavement comes to mind for me of like a band who was really big at the time. Yeah. But now that movement's been over for 20 years and yet there's still a lot of people who listen to pavement. There are people, new people who listen to pavement and yeah. like, like them. And Stephen Malkmus has made his own music. That's like big and people still listen to and find value in. If because, I remember like, right, I think that pavement had two of the top 500 albums of all time on the Rolling Stones most recent list. I know that crooked, yeah. uh, what is it? Crooked, um, planted enchanted. Yeah, I know that. Well, that but was there was another there. one. Hold on. Let me check. I know that there was another one that I'm pretty sure was listed on, um, that I think it was the one that I had listened to uh, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain and Slanted and Chain yeah. that I believe were both on the top 500. So, you know, that yeah, you're right. Like that's that's something where, you know, their sound was, you know, that's two albums from almost 30 years ago that are still respected. Right. And still widely popular amongst people who like listen to music that's not just pop music. Like I actually at when I was at the record store yesterday, I saw someone buying a Pavement album mm-hmm. and I was like, OK, cool. You know, so. I don't know, like they're, they're like hit a ceiling in popularity, I guess, but that doesn't mean that they don't have like replay value and that people aren't going to appreciate seeing them live mm. and like anticipate new albums coming out. Right. Uh, I mean, at some point, you know, even if you get popular, you get popular, then at some point you're less popular. I mean, that's just what happens, but like they can still be a band that's important that people like. I mean, and especially if they have like, cause really like they got huge and started getting sizable and people listen to them and like them 
when Joy of as, as an Act of Resistance came out. And now this new album is like really, really good. And it actually has, I guess this may be an all right time to like get into some of the shifts, but like, sure. This is like, this is a bigger shift than uh, the small shift between brutalism and joy is an act of resistance. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to my ear, I mean, they're starting to incorporate it. Um, some more noise rock elements in there. Some yep. like actually just some like standard alt rock stuff actually kind of pops out a little bit to me, mm-hmm. like things that are actually even a little more accessible to people who just like rock music. So in, and I'm not saying that in like a sellout way, cause I don't think that at all. I think it's a really great album. I think it does a really great job of following up uh, joy. So yeah, like, I think that they've, you can take the sound, like the abrasiveness of what they have, the, the volume and like the loudness, and you can still like tune it to fit different people's ears. And you've already got the people who still, who like liked you beforehand wanting to listen to that album and you're reaching towards new people. So I just think that like where they're moving and the ideas that they have and the way that, that their music is, is just, I think it's like on a good trajectory to continue to be popular you know, specifically in this, in this realm. So yeah, they may hit a ceiling or whatever at some point. Um, but like people will still be there to listen to it. And, and those same people will still be there throughout the course of their career, as long as they continue to put out good albums. Right. And honestly, like, and I, I, I hate to say this because I know that I'm getting like way, 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 way too ahead of myself with a, a comment like this. But I really do think at this current moment that Idols maybe has one of the best likelihoods to be one of those bands that we look back on 10, 20 years from now with a lot of acclaim. You know, there's a lot of bands, you know, like if you look at like a Parquet Courts or, you know, Viagra Boys, even Sleaford Mods, Fontaine's DC is maybe another example who are kind of getting into that same realm as Idols. But like a lot of those Mm -hmm. UK based bands you know, there's not a lot of bands that are, you know, so, so prominent at this point that I could see them having the kind of long-term trajectory where people are still looking back and saying, man, do you remember when Idols blew up and they were like really, really good? And like, you know, I, I think that they're one of those bands who has one of the better likelihoods just overall of being kind of a mainstay in people's like memory, especially for punk music. I, I think, yeah, no uh, I think, that would be nice, but I think it might be the opposite. You think so? I think that they will disappear. Uh, not like their music uh, will like not be popular anymore, but I think that they have a very short shelf life. Okay, of being able to like stay together, just because I don't know. I'm afraid that they're not that they have like big egos, but I think when you find this much like success critically it's really difficult to keep that like momentum going. Sure. And so rather than be like potentially put out a, a bad album, you would just say, okay, we can't like do anymore. Sure. I, I th- like uh, Joe um, has did that song with the Smith, uh, not the Smiths, uh, the streets. Yes. For their, his album, um, which is like his foray into rap, which is, not a reality. Like he basically does exactly what he does on idols yeah. to a certain extent, but just with less rock and more um, b- beats. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting because they've put out three really good albums now. Yes. Two like excellent albums. And then the first one I don't love, but I, lo- I think that it's like, it is a good um, stepping stone. Yeah. You know, like it, 
It's a I, really I personally good... love Brutalism, but I could see other people not seeing it as at the top tier of, you know, Ultramano and Joy's Act versus. I don't think that this new album, Ultramano, is. Hold on. Yeah. I don't think Ultramano is better than uh, their second album. Okay. Um, I think that they, to a certain extent, took some steps back in um, quality. Sure. For the purpose of trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the first three tracks are very similar in kind of the um, the lyrical content and like the weirdness mm-hmm. of like the one he says. The first fee-fi-fo-fum. Uh-huh. I smell the blood of a million English sons or whatever. Yeah. And then the uh, Mr. Motivator, he's doing all these weird like puns that only kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they're cultural. It's like cultural reference. Well, they're supposed to be like pinned against each other. Yeah. Cultural references, so which he mentioned talking, like at the end of it. You know? Yeah. He's talking about uh, like, like those flavor, cliches. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. They're cliches um, like flavor flave on the back of John Wayne because um, um, public enemy once talked about John Wayne and uh said like basically screw you john wayne in a song and i love it because i love that song i love like uh, none of my heroes don't appear on no stamps like uh-huh. public enemy they're the goats i love them so much and that, <laughs> that song uh chuck Nine, d 911 is a joke is a great song oh my yeah. god that's a good song anyways and then like the the opening track is that uh kind of that way too i was gonna say the uh, the very first line of the entire album if i remember correctly is thwack <laughs> let me yeah. let me let me play no, it real quick. No, it's Wa-Ching. Wa-Ching. That's Wa-Ching. right. Wa-Ching. Let's let's play a little bit of war real quick. Such a weird way to start that album. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty fun, isn't that, it? Though? That guitar. Way to start it. That guitar sounded kind of uh, a surf rocky a little bit there too, didn't it, Tyler? Did you think that? Yeah, a little bit. They definitely have different tone. Beach like I'm, my assessment is definitely not with yours that they took steps back for the sake of uh, trying something new. I think that they moved forward trying something new and really like actually hit it pretty well. That's good. That's where I'm sitting with it. I, I like I like the tonality in here. It's a little bit different. Like the bassing drums are still really beating out some heavy, loud, overbearing rhythms, but they did like some really more interesting guitar work over top. The fact that it's like got a lot of like really interesting noise rock stuff going on, I think is very fun mm-hmm. and kind of brings a little bit different like that's that wasn't existent before. And I don't think it's a step back. I really think it's like I really think it's just pushing forward and trying to see what loudness can create when you just like stick a bunch of stuff into it and i think it's really fun i actually i'm gonna go ahead and play what is my current favorite idol song uh it's off of this album ultramano because i want to highlight you know some of their newest music i've you know i I, i've loved a lot of their other music but this is the one that has most recently stood out to me and it has an interesting um feature involved in it um and it involves what you're talking about with this like kind of noise rock elements bringing in 
I'm gonna play uh, a clip from the song Rain. You hear that uh, that wiry sax in the background? Uh huh. That's uh, mm. that's actually uh, performed by um, I believe his, yeah his name is uh, Warren Ellis, and he is a, a a former member of the Bad Seeds. Are you sure you're yeah. right? I don't think you're right. I am right. I looked. No, into he it. is right. He is right. Well, this says the saxophone right. was Colin Webster. Does it? Yeah, saxophone on tracks one and three and nine and ten is Colin Webster. Warren Ellis does the backing track on uh, track two, Grounds. Are you sure? Yes. That's what I saw, was that he was the guy who did the, the song on? On freaking uh, Reigns. What are you, are you looking at, Wikipedia? Hmm. Conflicting reports. Well, if I were near my album, I would get it out and look at the liner notes and let you know, but I don't have it with me right oh, now. Tyler, why weren't you more prepared? It's downstairs. I'm sorry. Bummer, gang. Also, is, does supposedly have appearance on here. There's actually quite a few appearances of other people yeah. on here. David Yao uh, from The mm-hmm. Jesus Lizard is on there. Mm-hmm. Warren oh, Ellis, who is in Dirty Three and Nick Cave and in Grinder Man. Is that who you're talking about? Yep. What did you say? Yes, that's who he was talking That's who Caleb was talking uh, about. Somebody named Jenny Beth. Yep, Jenny Beth, who just had an album yeah. come out this year, and she was in a post-bunk band called what again? Savages. Uh, Savages, thank you. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, she does the yeah. vocals on Ni Touche Pas Moi. Yeah, which is a cool song as well. Mm-hmm. Ni Touche Pas Moi. Yeah, thank you. Uh, she also, like, there's some really cool, it's kind of like, a, I like what the, how they have a bit of a communal thing in that regard. And they get a, different people from, like, different places that they think is interesting and fun to come in and do a little bit of work with them. Yes. Like, that's cool. Yep. I'm looking this into it. Also, and I can't find it now. Is this a label? This is a label change for them as well, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, it's they were not. On you're right. partisan, no, they were on partisan. They were the on last partisan album briefly. on yeah. Joy's and Active Resistance. They've been on partisan the whole time. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. Um, somebody in that list. I don't remember who now. Unfortunately. Um, of the oh shoot. I'm all over the place. Let me look at that list really quickly. Kenny Beats is on there too. Don't you like Kenny Beats, Kim? I do. He's the programmer for the entire album. Yep, he does hip hop. Uh huh. Hip hop beats. He's, which wor- is- he's worked with Rico Nasty. He's also worked with uh, Denzel Curry. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, I agree. He's a good band. I think. I think so too. He actually, <laughs> in the weirdest way possible, Kenny Beats was also just on that recent Joji album that came out on the same day. I can't find where Warren Ellis was involved. Well, I know he didn't play. He doesn't well, play he was, saxophone. It's like it was musician. It, like he's not a saxophonist. It was teased that he would have an appearance. I don't know if he ever ended up having one or not. This says he's on their backing vocals on um, on the song "Grounds." Ground. Yes. 
I'm I'm not saying that you're wrong. Uh-huh. I just for some I must I read somewhere that that was the case and I believed it and I must have been wrong. You were wrong. And I'm okay with being wrong and I can admit to being wrong. I just can't find where I saw that it said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Um at some point on this album, I cannot remember which track it was and if somebody will help me I will greatly appreciate it. There is a drum solo uh, that's like just a few seconds long that is like really good and I cannot remember where it is. I think it's towards the first half of the album. Does anybody remember? Good drum solo? Yeah, on this album. Ultra Mono. I can't think of a specific drum solo that was really cool. It. I should have saved it. Yeah, I'm not sure, unfortunately, on that one. I need to get away from this. I can't stop looking for the thing that told me that Warren Ellis did that. Yeah, just get over it because you're right. I can't get over it. It hurts me. I like uh, the song uh, Carcinogenic from this album as well. You know mm-hmm. what that song means? You know what that word is? Yeah, ca- causing cancer. Causing cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's fun. Which is, that song's got a list of things of which are carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good song. This album, it's a good album. I like, the, I like a lot of what, where, it's, where it's going. I enjoy it. Do you like it more than Joy is an Act of Resistance? I don't know. I would have to say... That I don't think I could make that determination. I think I like them equally, hmm. to be honest. With you. I think there's that's just fair. a lot of different. There's a lot of different things. They're just different. They're different. Like mm-hmm. this, when I listened to Ultramano, I said, "You know what? I'm willing to concede punk. Okay, maybe you're not punk anymore, because there's a lots of other things on here that kind of like that make them kind of be like out of punk realm for part of this album. Only part of this album is punk and. The rest of the album really explores kind of different territories as sure. compared to Joy's An Act of Resistance, which I absolutely thought was a punk album, which I have no issues with. Sure. And it was like kind of brutal in your face. And there are some songs on Ultramano that kind of like take a step back, not backwards in progression, but back in um, in like volume and level and kind of like let things come in and be a little different. Like him has a little bit, uh, him has a little bit different. You know what I mean? There's mm. some portions of this album that are a little quieter, which I think is like really interesting and different and it's cool that they went there so well i think that I on top of that i think that they get louder too i think that they ta- they go kind of both extremes at this point where like you know grounds yeah. is really not too in your face him like you said is very different from it but again like rains is a song where they get really loud anxiety is a song where they get really loud uh yeah. you know war like we played earlier is a really really odd track but it's like you know the riff on that one is really not punk it's it's pretty heavy you know so I don't personally. I would say, as of this current moment, I would say I'd probably put Ultramano over Joy's Act of Resistance, which is saying a lot because I love all three of their albums a lot. I am, I'm a big fan of all three of their albums, but I think the Ultramano. Um, I think that they just can com- they continue it better is where I kind of see them right now. I think that Ultramano I will remember better than a lot of the things that I remember off of Joy, but I think that I have kind of an affinity for Joy because I've loved it for the last two years. I just think that over time, I will end up returning to Ultramana more than I return to Joy. It just will obviously will take time for me to get to that point. So, Let's talk about Welcome really quickly. I'm interested to hear your all's thought on the Welcome EP. I was pretty surprised listening to it that it was as dramatically different as it was. Although, to be honest with you, for the things that I've read Joe say about how bad they were in 2009 when they started to hear an EP from three only three years later, I really actually enjoyed Welcome a lot. I thought it was really cool. 
Um, it almost makes me like sad that there's not two different versions of this band, one of which stayed with the sounds from Welcome, and one of which became the idols that we know today. Mm-hmm. It is very much like the post, um, not post-hardcore, but what, post-punk. Um, post-punk sound that is like um joy division joy division and such yes mm-hmm. thank you yeah um that's what it kind of reminded me. i i did not know they ever sounded like that i'd never listened to this ep but um i started later i started um i went on a trip this week to visit family and when i returned from the trip is when i began listening to idols because um it was a short week we only had Three albums and then two EPs. Um, two EPs, which were not required. And even one of the albums we couldn't even listen to until Friday. So yeah, exactly. Right. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, if you had started then, you'd still have only had two albums and two EPs to listen to. Yep. So I got home and started playing some uh, PlayStation and then was listening to this. And I was like, this is uh, very different from what I've ever heard from this band. And like Tyler said, it would be interesting to see if they would have continued that sound. I don't see any way that they would have been as like acclaimed or as good if they would have kept like they would have they been, would not have the same prominence. No, they would have just been another band that sounded like um, the eighties post punk. Like they yeah, they might have been the best band that sounded like that. Yeah, maybe, but I don't. I think that there's a limit to that in terms of um, like quality and um, like critical acclaim. And I also think that you um, have plenty of other places to go to hear that rather than going to idols. Like, you know, if I I had idols kept going that way, of course, I would have kept listening to them. But if you really want to keep listening to people who are making that kind of dimmer style of post-punk, you could just go listen to the Murder Capital or even the most recent Fontaine's DC album, and you'll be able to get what you're looking for. So, like... You know, I like that Idols did it. I like that's kind of how they started, and it makes sense that's where they started, but I like that they progressed more so than anything else um, and can kind of say, you know, we've done that. We don't need to do that anymore, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I just think, that, like, I mean, as they went along, it's not like you would have sounded like those four tracks the entirety of their career. I mean, sure. They shifted even in, within the realm of post-punk or whatever they wanted to do. I just think that's kind of interesting. EP. Like, if you want to play um, Mayday off of there, I think that's kind of an interesting track. I think the guitar work's kind of fun and interesting on there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the drums have actually a dance groove to them, which I think is really interesting. I'm not sure that, like, when I listen to it, I don't know if it's just kind of like a sound like Joy Division type thing. That's not really what I even hear, to be honest with you. I hear almost like an alt-indie post-punk mashup type situation where it could really kind of go both ways and they just kind of incorporate some some different things going on in there and i think like this is a great example in the song so we're gonna give it a little go so just so people have an idea of what what that kind of sounded like that evening Yeah, I think that song almost falls more in like the um, the post punk revival of yes. like the you know like the Strokes, the um, you know Interpol kind of style of yeah, music. I agree. I thought uh, 
sorry. I uh, when listening to it, I told Caleb it kind of sounded like the band Editors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't shoot me, but in that track, I hear a little bit of Franz Ferdinand. Oh yeah. That I mean, they're in the same realm. Oh boy. Take so. your drink, Jared. You got you got your drink. Drink it's it. Empty. It's empty. Oh, spoiler. Take a drink. Spoiler. I actually listened to the entirety of that debut this week. So there you go. Nice. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I caught it a little. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, that. Oh, no, no. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to see. Like I'm not. I absolutely enjoy the idols we have today, and I'm very happy to have it. But I sure. also think it would be interesting to see where they may have gone from there. Because obviously, this is the beginning. Yeah. I mean, just the first. You know. So who knows? What, and it's. I'm just really surprised to hear something that sounds so put together after hearing. Well, basically, after hearing Joe say, uh, uh, as of their beginnings in 2009, that they're completely fucking awful and had no clue what the fuck they were doing. That's a direct quote from what he said. <laughs> and then three years later, here they are with an EP that actually sounds pretty good for someone who thinks that they're just, like, terrible. That's so. really funny. Uh, I think that Brutalism would be the one that's probably the closest to, like, kind of a traditional post-punk sound. Obviously, it still is very, very different. Like, Mother, Well Done are, like, you know, are a one-two punch of, like, really, really good... Um, just kind of straight up punk rock, but like 1049 Gotho is to me kind of more of like a, a pretty heavy post-punk sound in a lot of ways. Obviously not the same, like kind of, you know, a uh, slow dim sound of like a joy division, but definitely more of like that kind of heavy, um, a, a very, you know, dark sound for them and compared to, cause now I think, you know, they are kind of heavy, but I think they have, you know, again, kind of that positive message really outweighs the uh, heaviness of their music to a certain degree. Jerry, why don't you go ahead and tell me your favorite song from Idols at this point in time? All right. That's difficult. Uh, I think I know what you're going to pick, but I could be totally wrong. Well, so when we did the Good Band, Bad Band episode, I wanted you to play Danny Nedelko because I love that song. I think it's great. I love the references. I love the uh, pro-immigration stuff that he talks about, like mm -hmm. uh, all these various people he brings up. He talks about Mo Farrow, mm -hmm. the... Uh, distance runner which is hilarious and amazing yeah uh, i'm scum is an amazing song never fight a man with a perm is a great song like that whole album is great but uh speaking of that word this week i listened to this song multiple times i think i'm gonna pick the song great oh wow i would not have thought you'd pick great it uh i've been spelling it all week the g the r the e the a the t yep that's what I'm picking. That's a good pick. That's my choice. I wouldn't. I, that's not what I would have thought you picked. But I I'm know. Glad if I you would it. ask me this, like if you'd ask me next week, hey, what's your favorite? It would not be probably. I'd pick something different. But yeah, you, you know, you'd pick something different maybe every week. But. Sure. I think I, th I, thought, I thought about I thought you were something. I like Mr. Motivator. Sure. Is like the best radio rock song they've ever written. I think it's a, like great. I've listened to it a bunch mm. before the album came out. But I this week it's great. Great. That was a great song live, by the way. Oh, I bet. I saw, so they were touring Joys and Active Resistance when I saw them live, and oh my goodness, it was like one of my favorite concerts of all time. He also says, Islam didn't eat your hamster. <laughs> That's a great line. Which, uh, uh, this, uh, this says on Genius, the uh, lyric thing, uh, but it's a, a reference to the Star's 1986 headline, Freddie Star Ate My Hamster. Uh, which is about a uh, British newspaper headline, something I don't even know. Hmm. 
Still cool. The lyric points out that immigrants are not actually responsible for things that are going wrong. I like that. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, Jared, so I would say that you probably would put Joy is the first album, Ultramano second, and then Brutalism third. Yes. Tyler, where's your stance at this point? If you if you had to you can't do, it. do it. I know you said that you're you're, you're thinking yeah. that they're both kind of like on equal footing. I do. I like the I like Joy and I like Ultramano equally. I can't plus I haven't spent as much time with Ultramano yeah. as I have with Joy's and Active Resistance. I will admit that I think spending more time with it would likely allow me to put it over top of Joy, to be completely honest with you. Because mm. I think they're just hitting on things that really hit with me a little bit more. I mean, I love punk, but like some of the additional sounds in Ultramano I just think are really cool. And I think that sure. is just slightly more dynamic. And to me, that makes it something that I want to listen to a little bit more. Yeah. I uh I think that I, I gotta go three, two, one. Like I think that that Ultramano Joy is an act and brutalism. But I mean that's really not saying a lot to me because brutalism to me is one of my favorite debuts like in a really, really, really long time. Like uh I remember because I, I kind of landed on idols by accident. It was right around the point in time, because I believe it was released in 2017. And 2017 was right when I first started listening to um, new music again and kind of exploring kind of, you know, artists and bands that I hadn't really uh, experienced up to that point in time. So I kind of accidentally landed on Brutalism because I had heard, you know, it was, it was a pretty good punk album. And I listened to it and I was like, this is phenomenal. So, like, I just kind of immediately fell into them um, out of nowhere and have stuck with them for the last three years. And so Brutalism, you know, it's very different from Joy and Ultramano, but I do think that it brings in a lot of really cool elements, has great, great songs on it. I really can't think of a song. I mean, really, okay, I'm a big stan for Idols, if that's not already pretty obvious. They're probably one of my big, like, bands right now, just in general. I can't think of a song from Idols that I just don't like, personally. That's fair. So they just, they they don't, they don't miss right now. I think that for me it would be there maybe your songs I don't care as much about. Sure. But like I like a lot of songs and then the rest of them are just kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is an example. Uh, I brought it up on the Good Band, Bad Band episode, but uh, I did not want to listen to Idols because Caleb liked them. Boo, Caleb. I didn't like Caleb's music and so I didn't like Idols and that was a mistake. So uh, this is a, a PSA to change your perspective sometimes especially if it's because of caleb because caleb will make you not want to listen to stuff because he will not shut up about it and he's pretty obnoxious yeah i do wish i would have gone to that show i'd like to see them live we Um, both wish we would have gone i think that they would uh, yes i think you both would have been much better uh people to to watch the show with Um, i almost i was almost there i had i don't remember what happened but something happened yeah i can't remember what came up either but but yeah, I because I haven't really gotten to see a lot of modern bands live these days. It just hasn't been something that I've been able to like kind of put some time into. Um, and they're one of those rare acts that like I kind of knew I've got to go see them while they're touring this album. This album is very very important to me. I cannot miss it. So, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and hit me with what you have determined to be? I know it's difficult. Your favorite song from Idols. It's pretty tough. This is pretty tough because I like as uh in in line with Jared, I really like I'm Scum. It's really good. I do also really like Danny Nadelka. That song is super great. We need to talk about that song. That's I'm what, Scum. Once we're, no, Danny Nadelka. Oh, okay, but let Tyler pick his pick. Um, since we played it before, I'm going to keep you from playing it. Although I, it's pretty close to my favorite, Danny Nadelka. Uh, the other one that's mentioned earlier that was pretty close was Grounds. 
But I think I'm going to go ahead and have you play uh, Netouche Pemois today. All right. From the newest room from Ultramonic. like that it's such like a an aggressive punk song and he's just talking about how a woman's body is a woman's body and it's like yeah that is such a cool punk message right there it's pretty cool i also think the guitar work on that's pretty fun Mm -hmm. like it's layered in a way that i think is really neat that's a little bit different than what they normally do like there's really there's a lot of dynamics between the guitars and like it's pretty distinct it has that little bit of dropout then it gets noisy and then he starts to come in with his the signature sound of his vocal delivery so and then, pretty of course, cool, the cool Jenny song. Beth vocals are kind of a big shift for them, too. This is like the first album they've ever really had featured artists on at all. So, you know, yeah. to have them bring in somebody like Jenny Beth is it's a cool it's a cool um, mixture of her vocals along with his that you don't necessarily usually see with idols. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty unique song. It stood out to me definitely like on the listen through of this one. Um, to talk about Danny Nadelko. Danny Nadelko is a friend of uh, Joe, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's also in a band called Heavy Lungs. And Heavy Lungs wrote a song called Blood Brother about uh, Joe Talbot. Really? And Joe Talbot wrote the song Danny Nadelko about his friend Danny Nadelko from the band Heavy Lungs. So they both wrote songs. (laughs) I didn't know that. As friendship with each other, as opposed to when Brand New and Taking Back Sunday wrote songs against each other saying, uh, I hate you. Yeah. I you know, lo- It's just a, a, a continuation of them just being a good, positive role model in the punk scene. Yeah. I want to hear Heavy Lungs now. I didn't. I never listened to it. I'll listen to it now after this show. But You don't uh, want to listen to it now? Uh, Nady Nadelko apparently is an uh, immigrant because that's what the whole song's about. But Let's listen to Blood Brother. Right, here's Let's Blood see how Brother. It sounds. Reminds me of uh, Ice Age, uh, another band. In Ray like Romano? The... No, not Ray Romano. <laughs> it reminds me of Ice Age, which Where's is kind of like the baby. There he is. That's a that's not even a Ray Romano quote from that movie. Nope, nope, not quite. Ice Age, a noise rock group, but also kind of sounds like Bambera, who is the band who opened up for Idols when I saw them live. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have kind of that same kind of style yeah. of, of jackasses. 
Uh, so no. uh, Danny Nadelka, by the way, is Ukrainian. He's Ukrainian inbred. Oh, to answer your question, another weird thing about Heavy Lungs, just briefly, is they they've released zero full length LPs. They've only released EPs and singles. Hmm. Uh, as late as last year, even huh. they they're, were releasing. They're the idols uh, of of that band. Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're eventually ten years from now we're gonna see a Heavy Lungs album and they're gonna blow up like Idols did. I hope so. So they released two EPs last year. Hmm, huh. So yeah, you want to put them together? Maybe make full length album. Maybe they're getting there. <laughs> they're working on it. Give Heavy Lungs some time. They're trying to breathe through this one, but their lungs they're trying are to get heavy. There. They've Someday, only been around since. They've only been around since uh, 2018 in terms of like oh, releasing okay. music. So I don't know the rest of the history of it, but you know. Look into Heavy Lungs if you like Idols then, everybody. Exactly. And what you just heard. So, Any other uh, closing thoughts at this point on Idols? We've covered quite a bit of uh, details on the group, and I think we've covered a good, a good amount of information. Yeah. I'd like to see them live. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing I did find, uh, we don't necessarily have to play it, but uh, on BBC Radio 1, where I like to find my uh, covers and stuff, they did a mashup a year ago of the Streets songs, oh. which is really interesting considering he was on the first Streets album since like 2012. Mm-hmm. So like that, somebody must have showed him <laughs> yeah. this this mashup they did. And then he's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. You want to be on one of my songs? But um, yeah, so that's uh, one other thing I found. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like Isles. They're pretty good. That's my closing thought. Tyler, go look up that thing. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. They're just worth listening to. I mean, they're an upcoming band at the moment who's already begun to prove themselves as like being pretty important and standing out in in the genre. And like I've heard from a lot of critiques, critiques, uh, a lot of critics and uh, reviewers in kind of more what's known at what would be, I guess, like the underground or not the big mainstream areas. Uh, I think that after Joy, Idols was poised for uh, to be like the next big thing, kind of what have you, in that in that arena. And I think that this album really kind of continues to push them forward there. So, like, I think a lot of people who enjoy punk and who enjoy now noise rock and even uh, you know just rock in general, I think would really find some interesting stuff. So people should give them a listen, no doubt. Well, hopefully, we've introduced some people to Idols. That's what, that's what we're here for. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about idols. Next week we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about both Biggie and Tupac. East Coast, West Coast. Well done this episode. Check out our social media bits and uh, Patreon, website, everything. You know, we're around. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Well done. Talk win with a medal. Mary Barry's got a medal. So why don't you get a medal?